When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ken. Okay, he joins us once a week on Inside Sports. He's presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I am doing very well uh, at the U of A tonight, which I want to talk to you about a little bit later on. But you're part of a pretty special event here, well, over a, a couple of days here at San Jose. Let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, so uh, a few months ago, the San Jose Sharks got a hold of me. Uh, if people don't remember, I played uh, my final two years in the National Hockey League here in San Jose. And uh, they got a hold of me a few months ago and asked if I'd be interested in joining Patrick Marlowe this weekend and his family and friends and former teammates because uh, tomorrow they are retiring his jersey. And uh, so it was very cool. I asked my bosses at Hockey Night if I could have the weekend off. They, of course, agreed. And uh, this is a really cool three-day event. So yesterday there was the uh, the game between the Sharks and the Predators where most of us gathered. They had a bunch of suites for us, and we just reminisced and got to visit again and uh, get caught up in how our families are and what's going on with all that. And, and today there's an alumni game at the practice facility, which I believe is sold out with 4,500 seats. And tomorrow is the official jersey retirement. And uh, we couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, Reed, uh, most people don't know this, but my last year in the National Hockey League was Patrick's first, and he lived with our family. So there's our connection tied to Patrick. And uh, we just had a lovely visit last night with he and his wife, Christina, and also uh, Christina's dad and Patrick's uh, parents, uh, Dennis and Jeanette, and just reliving old times. And uh, I was... Uh, kind of overwhelmed to a certain degree because uh, Patrick and uh, Christina and Dennis and Jeanette and even uh, Christina's dad all came up to us and just shared so much about how that was so important for Patrick to live with our family and get to see how to be sort of like a pro but also have a family life and and uh, so it was just really cool to hear their stories and I didn't realize Don and I didn't realize because she's here with me of course we didn't realize that the impact that apparently we had on uh, Patrick's career at that young age because if you remember Reed Patrick was 17 years old when he was drafted, and he, I think on September 15th of that training camp, he then turned 18, so he was a young kid. And uh, so there, the connection there was I thought he reminded me of myself when I was a young guy because very, very quiet. I was a really good listener. Patrick was a great listener. And so when we sort of I, – I got the idea late in training camp because it seemed clear to me that even though they didn't name the roster, that Patrick could make, make the team. So I went to the general manager, Dean Lombardi, after discussing with Donna, and 
And uh, we thought it might be a nice idea that Patrick lived with us because he was going to have to live with a billet family anyways, right, at that young age. And so we went out for a dinner at a place called the Chart House in Las Gatos, near where, uh, near where we lived. And uh, that was the test run to see what everybody thought of each other. So uh, I told Patrick, uh, no pressure, but here's my wife and uh, our three daughters. This is what our family looks like. And uh, I said, why don't we go have dinner? And then like two days later, we'll all sort of get together again and decide whether we want this to happen or not. And so we did. And so we took a little bit of time and my family loved Patrick at that dinner and he thought it'd be a nice idea. And so we've really struck up a beautiful friendship and we still stay in contact and text each other and stuff. So I'm just so thrilled to be here. That's an amazing story. And I didn't know that, that you had him with you. Were you... How did you balance, or, or maybe you didn't, but I'll ask the question this way. Did yeah. you have to balance being a teammate and a mentor, or could you be one or the other? You know what I mean? Yeah, so he told me a story last night, and, and there's stuff in there that I sh I can't really share, but I guess, and I didn't remember this, Reed, but I guess I kind of, I didn't give Patrick heck, because that's just not my nature, but I, I told him, I gave him some really good advice how to improve his career moving forward and not worry about the off-ice type things. And and so he really thanked me. And it's a story, like I said, I hadn't remembered. And, and it was apparently important to him because he said, you put me in the right place mentally because I was going down this road where I started, I wanted to blame other people. And, and so I guess I gave him that advice. But the thing is, uh, Reed, I, I don't feel this way anymore. But back then, I felt less of a teammate more of a dad and i wasn't trying to place his dad dennis but i was twice his age i was 36 going on 37 years old and so there's a vast difference in age right and experiences at that point so i really felt that it was my responsibility to be a mentor to him in the kindest of ways and so my favorite memories and we shared all this again last night and he like he spent most of the time we had a tiny little guest house where he stayed we had a full kitchen and things but he would be in our house almost all day uh, other than going to bed in his uh, in his place so he was around us all the time like i said the the girls thought of him as an older brother and but my favorite would be read after a home game if we weren't leaving after to go somewhere else to play we'd come back to the house donna would make sandwiches and we would sit up till usually three in the morning or even later sharing stories about how we all grew up my wife donna had a very similar uh, upbringing as patrick uh, my wife grew up on a farm outside cornac saskatchewan uh, patrick grew up on a farm uh, outside aneroid saskatchewan so they had that similarity and so they had that connection and they talked about you know feeding the cows and doing all the chores around the the farm and uh so you know we all became great great friends and yeah. it was just so cool to see them last night and his wife uh christina is lovely they all four of their sons were there last night and everybody it was just uh cool to see kelly thanks for sharing that and i can hear how happy you are to be there so i hope the yeah. this uh these festivities continue to be really meaningful for you thank you for sharing <laughs> that kelly rudy joining us on inside sports couple more for you I love what uh, I think it was Louis DeBrusque said it on the TV broadcast last night about McDavid's goal bar down for his first goal, <laughs> not crossbar name bar and down. I mean, like, you know, we, you and I have talked about players trying shots and that short side shot. And, and yeah. I said to Brownie last night, 
the defenders must think, okay, great, at least we forced them behind the net and then bang it right. anyway. Well, uh, I, of course, I was busy last night, but I watched the highlights. And uh, when you sent me the text, I was like, okay, I know what's coming, but uh, I just as soon as I was watching it, at one point when I thought he was about a foot away from the goal line, still in front of the goal line, it occurred to me that he was going uh, right over the goalie's shoulder. And then by the time he took the shot, he was below the goal line, and you could see his intent was clear. And so that's the thing about uh, that shot, you know, that kind of bugs me from time to time, but, but that shot nobody could do that years ago like when i played i don't think other than maybe a guy like pavel burry or pierre larouche or maybe gretzky or lemieux but not many guys would ever attempt that shot they just didn't have the accuracy but i would say in today's nhl three quarters of the guy can make that shot maybe not as uh, yeah. not as well as mcdavid or dry or a few other guys but that is such a dangerous shot now and you know i'm gonna go off in a little rant here but i know that would not be considered a high danger chance but the fact of the matter is uh analytics aside because they just go by the percentages that happens to be a high danger chance in today's nhl and it never used to be that's a good point and we and you see guys try it all the time and they go in more all than they the used to for sure yeah right yeah okay so i mentioned i'm at the u of a tonight golden bears ubc game one of the canada west semifinal. Uh, i mean the u of a hockey program has been a big thing in this town for a long time your memories or connection to university of alberta hockey all right so i knew they were a big deal um i only went to one u of a golden bears game uh but i have uh, a few connections. Uh, first of all, I had known Claire Drake for a long time before his passing, and so I have those fond memories of uh, Claire. Um, but my best friend, Jeff Marshall, he left the, in 1980, he went to the Memorial Cup with the Regina Pats, and uh, he wasn't going to have a pro career, but he went back to U of A to go to school, and so he was a part of that program, I believe, for two years. He loved it. Uh, and then went on to be a really successful business uh, man. We still stay in contact and all that. But my favorite memories of that arena would be when I was playing for uh, New York and L.A. and San, or no, not San Jose, but New York and L.A., Kevin Primo, uh, an assistant coach of the Oilers back then, he had a conditioning camp at that arena in the summer. And I would go every summer. Uh, and it was filled with the biggest stars in the game. Like Wayne wouldn't come out, but Mark Messi would come out, Yari Curry, Kevin Lowe. There would be stars from around the league. I remember one year, Reed, the three goaltenders on the ice for that camp were Grant Fuhr, Dominic Hoshuk, and myself. And then another year, Grant moved on, and then uh, Bill Ranford replaced him. So, I mean, you're talking about uh, it was – star-filled people would come in the stands and I w i'm not going to ex exaggerate and say it was that building was full but it would be half full people like a free ticket to watch all these guys play uh shinny hockey and get to you know get in shape and skating drills and all this two weeks before the start of the training camp so it was really cool and i don't know if i recognize how cool that was until recently when i started going back through some of the, my 
uh, special moments. And yeah. I mean, there were stars from all around that were from the Edmonton area on that ice. And and by the way, it was a great training camp. It was uh, or conditioning camp. It was just at the highest level as you'd expect. Yeah, that that is awesome. That's a great memory for sure. Okay. Right. Well, Kelly, thanks for doing this. Have a great weekend in San Jose. It, it sounds like everything's going awesome, and I'm glad you're you're reconnecting with uh, Patrick Marlowe and his family a little bit. Uh, Oilers and Blue Jackets tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. And you and I will talk again next week. I really appreciate it. You got it. By the way, Reed, my wife and I uh, woke up today to something we thought we'd never see in San Jose: snow. Oh my goodness! Oh in wow. The, in the- and people driving down to the town where we had lunch, Las Gatos, their vehicles were covered in snow. I might share that on social media because it's so unique here. We're sitting in the restaurant. People said the last time they could remember snow in this area was in the 80s. So we're here for a, a, an incredible time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through Mother Nature and through uh, humanity. Oh, wow. Okay. Snow in San Jose. Thanks, Kelly. That is Kelly Rudy checking in. In San Jose for the Patrick Marlowe Jersey Retirement Weekend. Kelly, as always, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Inside Sports is live at Claire Drake Arena tonight. 12-16 left in the first period. No score, U of A and UBC. And U of A about to go on a power play. Both teams had abbreviated power plays already. UBC had a power play. And the Golden Bears got a two-on-one, and UBC took a penalty. So the power plays were only about 40 seconds long each. But the Golden Bears hoping to get a full two minutes or just get the goal and take the lead here. We will keep you updated on this one. Uh, A little bit of a memory, a flashback in the career of Brian Hall. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Side Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, they had to scrape up some blood on the ice in front of the UBC net. Point shot came in. Trying to tip it and battle for it was Nolan Vulcan of the Golden Bears. He got knocked down. The puck came into the slot. Bears forward Jakin Smallwood, who was on this show a couple of nights ago, flicked a wrist shot on goal, and Vulcan was down on the ice and hit him right in the face. And uh, Vulcan was able to get off and go to the bench, but uh, was cut on the play, so hopefully he's going to be all right. 9.27 left in the first period. No score, Golden Bears and UBC. Oilers tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, 9 a.m. for the face-off show. Game starts at 10.30 as they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was a uh, celebration this morning at 6.30, Chad, celebrating the career of Brian Hall, who does remain with us. He's going to have a a little bit of a, a lighter role, I suppose. Uh, won't be on uh, every day anymore, but he's still going to be doing some features and some stuff for us. But 
an incredible man and an incredible career. I mean, 70 years in broadcasting. It's that's really like that's, that's pretty hard to comprehend. I mean, I'm coming up on 23 years, and a lot of people think I'm an old geezer. Uh, Brian's just incredible. Uh, he was in the Leafs dressing room when they won a Stanley Cup in the 1960s. As you can hear the noise in the background here in the dressing room at Maple Leaf Gardens. The dressing room was the Stanley Cup champions for the second year of successive, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They defeated the Detroit Red Wings tonight by a score of 3-1, to one, and a dramatic ending it was before a crowd of 14,403. The Leafs led 1-0 at the end of the first period on a goal by Dave Keon from George Armstrong at 17:44. In the second period, Ellie Delta hit his second Stanley Cup winner. So that generally is the story to the moment. And, of course, Sid Abel was very, very proud of his Detroit Red Wings in this series. Brian Hall from the Garden. That is Brian Hall. Uh, I believe that one's 1963. Whoever put it in my folder put 1960 question mark because they weren't sure. I'm pretty sure it was 1963. Halsey in the least dressing room after they won the Stanley Cup. That's incredible. Great man. I got to talk. I don't see him much anymore, but I got to chat with him a little this morning. And I mean, he's just such a, a kind human being, has so much energy. And it was uh, it was cool that a lot of his colleagues gathered for him today. All right, you can get in touch, 780-496-0063. I'm having a great night live at Claire Drake for the U of A Golden Bears against the UBC Thunderbirds this afternoon. The Pandas playoff game, they were uh, beat 2-0 by Mount Royal, so they'll have to win tomorrow to stay alive in their series. Uh, big basketball news in Edmonton.